Hey, friends of the show. Before we begin today's episode, if at any point you're enjoying the ride or the podcast episode and you're getting something out of it, then there are two ways I'd like to let you know that you can support the show. Number one is by going to ideasdigest.org and becoming a plus subscriber. This will give you access to bonus content, private Q&A sessions with Matt and I, and link you into our private community where you get the opportunity to help shape the show. Now, the other way you can support us is to also go to ideasdigest.org and just buy us a coffee. We appreciate any support you can afford. Thanks so much. All right, let's get into it. I'm right and you're wrong. Once you start labeling people. Categorizing of humans and ideas. You have desensitized yourself to the humanity of that other human being. To who they really are. And in the marketplace of ideas. These things are complicated, man. We all need to engage with a variety of viewpoints. A genuine multicultural connection with another. I mean, sometimes you don't need to agree or disagree. You just need to sit with it and digest. Praying makes you know that you're never alone and helpless. It brings peace and calm and it's your connection to God. So I used to pray a lot. I used to be an evangelical Christian and I'm not anymore. Um, I'm trying to figure out why I think it's not helpful. I definitely don't pray anymore, but is it helpful? I'm kind of re-examining that question. If there is a problem in the world that I want to change, but I don't have any power to do so, like healing someone from cancer, um, that would be something that I used to go to prayer for, but I don't think that there is a being listening to me anymore, even though I used to believe that. And so I don't find that there would be any benefit to prayer. So I don't. Uh... My dad suffered a massive heart attack and it was at least 40 minutes before they could get any kind of pulse back into him. And um, from there, the the damage to his body was catastrophic. Um, so every single prayer that we prayed from then moving forward was answered, including a third of his heart that had died is now full and completely healed. And his medical records actually state that um, a miracle took place. Yeah, so prayer, first of all, to me, is just asking God for help. I asked the Lord uh, what to do next. I moved to a certain place. I met my wife two weeks later. We were friends for six months. I told God I had my list of what I wanted in a spouse. I told him I would scrap it. I would go for whatever he gave me. And then he was like, okay. And then I think about a month later, me and my wife started dating. We've been married. We have one kid. That's just one example. For me, I've just struggled with my faith. And so the idea of prayer has always come as a struggle for me as well. In the idea of like, well, if you pray for something, is God picking and choosing what he's going to give you? I hear prayer is good for the brain, like psychologically speaking, maybe kind of like a placebo effect or something. I'm not quite sure um, about prayer for myself, though. Um, I just don't do it. Kind of can't be bothered if I'm honest. G'day and welcome back to another episode of Ideas Digest, the podcast where we explore the controversial ideas that divide humanity in order for Matt and I to open our minds a little bit more. And if you're joining us, hopefully maybe you can open your mind. Join us on the journey of these ideas. Let's see if I break open our narrow minds. Matt, good to see you here. 
Good to see you, Conrad. And um, yeah, it's good to open up my very narrow mind. That's for sure. <laughs> the, the first step is admitting it. The next step yes. is, is cracking that just thing open. So Matt, let's just get into it. What what divisive idea? It's, it's over to you this week. What divisive idea are you bringing to me today to just crack me open? Well, Conrad, I think um, prayer has been, uh, well, at least for, for me personally, has been a something that has really triggered me at, at, at different parts, particularly in my deconstruction um, and then in my reconstruction, mm-hmm. something that's been something that's really, you know, I've had Christian friends or whatever that, that started talking about praying for someone or I prayed for this and that happened. And then instantly I'm triggered. Instantly I'm saying like, okay. what you're saying? Genie prayer. Okay, the genie prayer happened here and the <laughs> kid suffering in Africa is just somehow out of the loop. He's not, he's know, not just, rubbing the magic lamp. Correctly. He's not on the plan, like the tithe plan or something. No. So he's just like, oh, yes. terms and conditions have failed and he's just not getting anything. Uh, so Not tithing enough. Yeah, so prayer is obviously just one of those things. Um, it, it can, you know, we say it all the time on Facebook, you know, thoughts and prayers are with you. And some of us uh-huh. have Culturally, like, I don't know if yeah. it's you, you know, being on Facebook, someone devast- someone's had devastating news and you're just trying to like, mm. thoughts and thoughts are with you or thoughts and prayer. Oh. And you just delete, delete, delete. You're like, I don't, do I believe <laughs> so, in prayer? So I don't know. Wishes. You're just like, well, what's an energy oh. are with you? Or may the force be with you? I don't know. Um, may the universe. May the universe me. be with you. Um, and so anyway, prayer is obviously, it's it's just cross-cultural. It's cross-religions. Mm-hmm. It's been with us um, since our beginnings. And what is it? And many shapes. Many shapes, sizes, uh, you know, styles, uh, mantras, um, reasons. And it's just one of those things, right? And so why I think I think this is an incredibly um, controversial, uh, you know, practice. Um, but mm. I think as you listen to the episode, it's something that's, I think, also potentially something there that we, and I guess this is for the people that are listening, the friends of the, the, the podcast that maybe used to pray a lot and don't anymore and may be mm-hmm. triggered by it and then maybe they should be probably praying. That's probably the... An interesting little, I'll, I'll yes. dangle that as a bit of a, a carrot to think about. Okay. Because prayer is this, you know, it, it exists in almost every religion I can think of off the top of my head. And so I guess the form of prayer that you're honing in on is like, is it coming from this like praying for something in this like evangelical sense, you know, like you and I grew up with, it's like, you know, you're praying to God and then God, like, you know, might bless you or, or, you know, you, you hope, you know, you're praying for healing, that type of prayer. Is that the, is that the angle? Yeah. And I think, I think if people were honest, they would think, I think everyone probably has a prayer story, at least if it's not from yeah, them, yeah. it's someone they really know, like a firsthand experience of someone they know where something weird has happened. Either oh, there's yeah. been a healing yeah, okay. or some intuition has happened. Um, but then there's like a million other prayers that didn't happen. And so they have like this one outlier in their brain that they don't really know what to do with. But, you know, the data indicates that majority of them don't work. So I should probably move on with my life. Yeah. And so, yeah, I guess dialing in that would be interesting. Like maybe there is something in that one in a million prayer that does work and we should think about that. Or maybe it's nothing about the way that we do it. It's the intention. Like there's so many questions you can really come at this, but... It's Mm -hmm. really interesting, I guess, when you think, you know, for someone particularly, I guess, from a post-Christian perspective, the Bible has, you know, and this is coming from a pastor, a lot of the times I remember getting my youth kids so excited about this idea of like, guys, let's lay our hands on these people and they will be healed. And then either there's crickets or nothing happens. 
or something happens. But the Bible is really very clear about that, right? Like Jesus numerous times commanded them, you know, if they just had faith, they could move mountains, right? Mm. And so I just, mm-hmm. I think that's the big part of the pain point or the wrestle that we all had. We listened to these stories. Someone would come in from the mission. Mm-hmm. It's always the mission fields right out there and like mm-hmm. in the Solomons or like if you're in Australia or I guess yeah. in Mexico, if you're in North America. For some reason, the, the, the spiritual world doesn't function properly in Australia. No, There's demons yeah. and prayer being answered over there, but not here. It was always all so those stories hearing from those over stories. there. I was like, man, I just, I guess, need to go to the mission fields. That's just like, that was how my brain functioned. Uh, but yeah, it, it's recruitment yeah, anyway. Well, it sounds, Matt, friends of the show listening may have come from the stereotypical press base, you know, dear Jesus, help me bless my food, heal this person. Maybe have gone and gone prayer hoax. It's just odds, you know, pray to a milk jug, Dawkins grade stuff. Sounds like you're kind of revisiting this idea post the you know, throw it all away. It, sa- yes, it sounds like exactly. you're coming back to it. Okay. So I, okay. That's a challenging, challenging <laughs> space to be in. It is. It is. But I think uh, just, I'm going to tell you, you know how I said everyone has that one weird story. I'm going to tell you my yep. one weird story. Um, oh, be, okay. Actually, I've never Good. asked you this question, but this is going to be my, I, and I've never told you this story. So this is going to be funny how you <laughs> interpret <laughs> yeah, this. Good. Um, and so this is my one weird story and uh, we'll go from there and then how we're going to look at a certain book that I picked up post deconstruction that really set me on a really intriguing path to maybe rediscover prayer in my life. So okay. basically, you know, uh, I take you back, zoom back in time to uh, Matt Potts, the youth pastor, and he has some very excited youth kids that just, you know, like uh, that, you know, want to really take the gospel and take you know, and take the gospel to, you know, the unchurched, the people that don't know Jesus. And so I now, don't know, Conrad, for yeah. just a question, uh, people who listen to your episode, you've, you've been quite on, you've been on quite the Christian spectrum of things. Is this yes. conservative Matt Potts youth pastor or is this liberal Matt no, Potts, no, no, like no. Hillsong grade youth pastor? Hillsong grade youth pastor. Um, okay. Not in okay. talent, but like, yeah, I was trying. <laughs> um, and so, uh, yeah, the charismatic version of Matt Potts. This is the Matt Potts version of, uh, you know, lay, you know, lay, you know, lay your hands on people and they shall be healed. So I was trying to cultivate this in my youth ministry and so my youth leaders, one of them is actually a friend of the show. And um, we were talking about this story recently because I, I said, I'm going to talk about this on the podcast. What's your version of events of this night? And uh, he's my barber. So we had like a good chat when um, we talk about it. And, um, okay. and so anyway, that night, um, Myself, these two youth leaders, we met up in the park. And have you heard of this thing called um, treasure hunts? Oh, treasure yeah, hunts. you mentioned it. In, yeah, you meant. Oh, did you mention it in your last episode? I think you did. No, but not the story. But yeah, you know actually how no, they function. No, but you mentioned treasure hunting. Yes. Okay. So in treasure hunting, you basically you go to a public place, and before you go, you get messages. Like, so you get messages that you believe are from God, and these are like um, usually words of knowledge for people or you know, healings um, and you do that. So you get into a spiritual, I guess, state, maybe you speak in tongues or you really pray earnestly and you, and you wait for the Holy spirit to give you messages to give to people. And so I, I was just like, okay, yep, let's do it. And like, I, I can't, to be honest, I was definitely nervous, but uh, anyway, I was just like, all right, we, we're going to do this. And um, I want to support the guys getting really passionate about this stuff. So went to this dark park you know, in, um, in, the, in the central coast Good where stuff. I was living, it was dark and just me and these, uh, these two other youth guys with me. Um, 
and we all started praying for God. We're just like, God, you're just going to do something. You know, we want God to, to touch. And we just want you to speak to us as to who, you know, what special message we're going to give to someone that night. And um, yep. so we, we're waiting, we're praying. I'm, and I'm, I'm waiting for, you know, just to hear or see something. And so the first message that I believe I got from God was this. And um, if it, it's a quite specific, it was this woman standing at the front of this. It's a, we, in Australia, have these Westfield, you know, shopping centers. So it was precisely where she was standing outside a restaurant at Tagra on the Central Coast. And um, she was standing and she was wearing a dark sort of drench, trench coat. It was, it was in winter. And she had a red, um, she was like, I think it was blonde hair. And she had a red scarf on. And she was just waiting there. She was just there. And so that was my first one. I'll get to my second one that I had later. Okay. And... Okay. Can I just, can, can skeptic Conrad just jump in yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and clarify some of these details? Uh, are you, are you visual, you visualize this in your, in your mind's eye? Yes. Yes. So you've sort like of got, I guess you pray, you wait for God, the Holy Spirit to yep. give you impressions. And that was what I got. Yeah. And so, are you, Matt, quite a creative and visual imaginative person? Yes, Would you say that yes, like yeah, images yeah. come easily to you? Okay. Okay. All right. Yeah. yeah just yeah, establishing yeah. So th that. This, uh, Enneagram four for anyone who might care what Matt is. He's a the four. special guy. I'm just saying. Sure. Special um, guy. Uh, so yeah. So he's, yeah, I've got this image. And so all the other guys got theirs. And so we're like, we're ready to go. So I don't know. Put yourself in my shoes, Conrad. You're just like, okay, we're going to do this. Nervous. Um, <laughs> good to imagine Conrad doing this. It'd be funny. But uh, anyway, so we, um, we got to the, the shopping center and I just remember walking through the entrance and my, cause I told them what it was. And luckily that person wasn't standing there. And um, they're like, oh, I want to go and, and find mine first. I'm like, all right, good guys. Like, cause I really hope that this, we don't even get a, like a, a like a semblance of someone um, that looks like this person. And um, so we went out and we actually, they had messages and to, to short, to shorten this, story down i really want to get into the book it's an amazing book but we basically went and these guys had some really crazy encounters with these guys and, I'll, and it was sort of like amongst us we were pretty shocked we were like oh that was pretty interesting and accurate and um so they're like matt like pastor matt take like, let's go back to where you said you would find your person i was like okay um you know and if it wasn't there I'd, i was fine with it. i already had like the theological explanation as to what i do with it um, you know, maybe it's just like not God's timing or something. I had all these like, you know, it's layers of doubt or not yet, you know, maybe, maybe wait outside that shop for the next week and she might come by. <laughs> yes. So we'll look at, we, we went like we, uh, so we went back to the entrance and then there she was. Right. So I guess skeptic, you could be skeptic, Matt. You're like, okay, there's a probability of someone wearing that. It wasn't such an unusual fashion piece. Yeah. Like, yeah. but there, that person was standing and I was like, and the part that I forgot to say at the beginning is that the word that you get from that person, you, you, you write it down. So it has to be sort of yeah. real, right? You're not, you're not sort of going up from cold reading someone. You'd receive that message. And we wrote it in our Apple notes, uh, all the notes on your phone. And then you would like share that note with the person. It's a pretty cr you know, critical you know, part of the thing. Because you could like find right. someone and then like, oh, I see you've got a broken leg. And yeah, Jesus said to pray for that broken <laughs> leg. Like, you know, yeah. it would be like, no. Yes. I got this, this is the date, this is the time, and it's different. Like, you know, this is, and I found you, and I didn't know you were going to it's be It's like here. one, 
it's one upping mediums, right? We did a few episodes yeah. on mediums. It's one up. It's like mediums will read the person. You're like, no, nah, no, nah, I've got the download before I even see the person. Exactly. So yeah, it's like okay. extreme, extreme sports. Um, and so <laughs> if you've done it, it's actually quite nerve wracking, right? So anyway, so the, we, I, I see this one. I'm like, oh my, this is, oh my God, what am I doing? Like, I, well, this is exciting. It was all almost like it was a mixture of fear of like, I don't want to actually talk to this person the message you I had gotten to. for this person was on some form of relationship breakdown. And, oh. and I'm like, this is also awkward. Like there's three guys here and I'm, what are we going to do? So this woman, she was standing there and we were just following her. And then she walks into the Telstra shop. And if you're listening in the United States, that's like your AT&T. So she's in like the, the mobile phone shop and she's there. And we're sort of just awkwardly shadowing her. You would say half stalking her. She's walking through the yeah. shop. And like, yeah. I'm sort of like just waiting for a time and she was busy with the attendant and, and my guys are just excited. They're pumped from their experiences. They just want me to, you know, to talk to her. And I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. Just give it some time. <laughs> we'll find the right time. Right. So that was my sort of delaying tactic. And, um, and then she walked out of the shop and she went down to the Optus stores. So that's like, if you're in the US, that's like going to the Verizon store. It's like another telecommunications provider here in, the, in Australia. And that's probably another like 50 meters from where she was or hundred odd meters. And. You can just imagine them like this following busy, 20 minutes Matt's still behind. following awkward Matt, <laughs> you know, trying to be cool with the situation, realizing this is semi-illegal. Um, and the longer you follow, the worse it gets. The, I know. Wait, how do you break that whole, like that, that process? At what point is it becoming stalking? Well, yeah. you know, if, oh, it felt I'll, like yeah. stalking 40 meters point. ago, Matt, 40 meters ago. So we stood outside and we watched her in the Optus store and I'm like, oh, okay, man, like this is, um. Yeah. And then, so I think my youth guys, they're all pumped and they're just a bit agitated that I hadn't, I hadn't like, you know, it was almost like going up and doing that like cold thing of like asking your girl out. They were just like, come on, Matt, come mm. on, Pastor Matt. You just got to talk to this person. Mm. So mm. she's walking back towards the Telstra shop and um, I'm what, you know, I'm getting closer and closer and closer. And now we're really close, like a few meters behind her. And I'm just awkwardly still not, I, I'm just like, this is so bad. I can't believe I'm doing this. And then one of the kids was with me, he was just like, screw this. So he just tapped on the shoulder and all of a sudden there's this me and the two other youth guys and this woman with the, you know, how I described her. And I've got my phone, I'm shaking in my hand of my note. <laughs> and I'm like, just quick question to Conrad. How do you break the ice at this point? How would you in this situation? Like, honestly, what would you say? I think you got to, you're there. You got to go full Christianese, mate. I think you got to just commit like, hi, I don't know if you're a Christian. I'm a Christian. God's got a word for you. Surely that's your opener. No, well, it got more, way more awkward than that. So this is going to get the Matt oh, Potts okay. version of it. So it's like, I'm like tip fiddling in my hair and my, my ear, you know, and I'm, my eyes are darting around and I'm, and she's, her face, she's just like this. And I'm like, hi, Matt. Um, and, uh, I was uh, praying for you, uh, you know, uh, earlier t- t- today. <laughs> She's like, I was praying for you. What? <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm like, well, I wasn't sort of praying for you. I sort of, yeah. God gave me a message. Yeah, God gave me a message. <laughs> <laughs> way better. Yes. Well, yeah, way better. Way better. And, um, and uh, yeah, I believe he has a, 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 a word for you. And it's just you the worst, that. the worst, <clears throat> the worst, like, so, like, you know, pause, it, just waiting 
because she's not even changing. I'm like, give me something. Maybe yeah. she's going to be excited. Still working you out. It's like almost just like she's just looking at me, like just looking straight. She's in the power position. She's just like mm. looking straight through me. And I'm like, oh, my God. Um, and so I'm like, so I don't know what you're uh, going through, but the word, you can see I typed it in uh, my, 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 my phone. Um, and um, I, I don't know how to say this, I'm, you know, stumbling over my words, but are you experiencing any form of, and she's just looking at me and I'm like, should I bail? This is just out of control. Eject. Like, Eject. I've got to get out of here. Like, this is my panic bone has like starting to kick in. I'm like, I want to get out of here. But anyway, I was just like, would you, have you experienced any form of, uh, 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 how do I say this? Relational brokenness. <laughs> like, broken <laughs> she's just looking at me um and i and my youth kids are looking at me and we're looking at her it's just again the worst silence and she just maintains the same like exp expressionless face which is killing me and um she sort of breathes out and then a little smile comes over her face and she says what church do you guys go to? And I'm like, almost sorry. I'm just like, oh, it's just some church. And they're like, oh, I hope you see Central Coast. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah that one. <laughs> that um, one yes. <laughs> and she sort of smiled. She's like, then she looked at us, looked at me again. And she's like, interesting. She's like, I'm a Christian. And I'm like, oh, like my relief marks are just going through the roof at this point. I'm like, yeah. thank you. Now she knows Lord. why you're so awkward. Yes, yeah. she knows why I'm awkward. And um, she's like, I'm actually here because I'm going through a divorce. I'm going through the phone stores because I'm getting... Ding, ding, a, ding. Yeah, I'm getting a new phone plan because obviously, you know, it's... And I was like, oh, wow. I didn't really know what to say at that point. I was like, I'm so sorry. Would you mind if I prayed for you? And... Uh, Hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. Your message <laughs> is to go up to a woman and say, God told me... <laughs> Gossip-wise, you're going through a relationship breakdown. Yeah. That's it. I'll Like, you, you don't even have a message for it. You're just like, hey. No, no, no. Conrad, <laughs> this is it. A preacher never turns out an opportunity like this. This is like, this is your, this is like, you're, you're hitting the big time. So you've just got to take advantage of this time. You're like, oh, I need to pray for you because God's made this happen. Yeah, okay. And so. Oh, I see. I, I, it's, it's, it, you don't. It's like a hook. You've sold it wrong. You don't have a message for them. You, God's given you an icebreaker for you to go exactly. propagate. To and pray for this person. It's this epic psychic okay. icebreaker thing. Um, and <laughs> so, psychic icebreakers. That's what this is. Yes. Um, and so, but it was actually a really cool moment. Like I remember that point, it, okay. like, and just the relief. And and I was like, oh, what church? And you're going to laugh your head off at this bit. I was like, what church do you go to? That was a question I gave back to her. And she's like, I'm Seventh-day Adventist. Oh, <laughs> Matt, come home. Come home. <laughs> what does that mean, Conrad? <laughs> Uh, um uh, yeah, uh, anyway. yeah i could i can interject skeptic conrad but you let me know when you when you want me no no no. so anyway i prayed for her that was cool and then i was like full of faith and the other i hadn't mentioned the second message the second message was this guy he was in a sling he had a uh, his right hand was in a sling and he was standing out the front of the train station there at uh at uh, tagra train station and so and he was at the bus stop so 
full of faith, get in our car, going back to where we prayed for at the beginning of the night, found this guy in his sling and um, we're like, well, he's there. And so I'm at this point, I've got this confidence. And I went up to the guy. One from one. Oh yeah, I'm like, man, nothing can stop me now. And I'm like, hey mate, I've just, uh, I was a lot smoother this time. I was like, hey, uh, you know, I've just been praying before and I believed someone had like a, a broken shoulder and I, you know, blah, 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 it's you. Um, and I said, can I pray for you? And he just looked at me and he said, no. And I was like, right. oh, okay. You Respect sure? He's like, yeah. Boundaries. And I was like, oh, bye then. <laughs> <laughs> it was just awkward. Wow. But I'm going <laughs> to do like, it anyway oh. in secret. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yeah. Okay. Well, maybe God didn't want to heal him. Okay. You, you start creating stories at that point. And then right. that was it. That was my treasure hunting night. Okay. Can I get some stats from you? Um, what's your hit rate? So on this night, was it two from two? Or it was two from two that night. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And the other guys were pretty one for one, but you know, there would have been a lot of storytelling okay. involved to make sure that this, but for me, even still in deconstruction, that was a, a story that had stuck in my brain and that I'd struggled to really, you know, to really tie the loop on and going through deconstruction, I guess, as a, you know, as a pastor, like, you know, I, I told you in that story, and I guess if you, if you want the full context of this, you go listen to my story a few episodes back. But basically r- towards the end when I was really questioning and, and I was having all these open loops and we're running like, um, you know, say we'll do like prayer ministry nights where we have like all the lights, the band, and you're actually leading the thing and you're, you know, you know, feeling the spirit and you're helping the meeting go and you're seeing the same people week in, week out come up for prayer you know, the same person's going through multiple rounds of chemo, same person and nothing's happening. And so the other side of the coin is that. And in terms of, I had this one weird experience and a few other weird experiences that I mentioned in my, my story, but then there's mountains of experiences where you would pray for something and nothing was, nothing happened. And yeah, the, the obvious, the obvious is, oh, cool. God told Matt, some guy had a broken arm, but yeah, he didn't help my cousin with cancer and now he's dead. That's the prayer devastation story 101. Yeah. And then I I started really getting triggered, really badly triggered towards the end when people would say as, as like, which I, the problem was me. It's not them, but I just get really triggered when people would just say, I was just praying to God and God gave me that car park or you'd see like certain massive ministries that would be, propagated from the States, particularly like Joel Olstein talking about God wants you to be a winner. And, you know, and they'd literally use that in their advertising of like you getting the car park, having favor on your life. And I'm like, you've got mm. to be kidding me. Like God's a cosmic like, vending God, machine. Eh? Just yeah. Out like blessings. you just, yeah. He's like that skill tester game and you win every time because you've tithed. Like, it's just so stupid yeah. because uh. like, you have your criteria, your transaction that, that made those prayers be answered potentially. Yeah. This is the abundance that God wants to give you. And I'm like, yeah. So I got really, I was really triggered by this messaging. Um, and you know, it, it can exist in elements and parts of Pentecostalism for sure. Like this prosperity messaging, which yeah. for me just made zero sense, zero logical sense. Um, that God would listen yeah. to our prayers about car parks, but forget about, you know, someone getting raped or some kid dying or, you know, the cancer or whatever it is. And mm. it's just supposed and, and in the Bible, you say, let, you know, have faith and what will happen. Like lay your hands on these people and they will get better. There's no sort mm. of like 25% strike rate, 10% strike rate. It's like 100% strike yeah. rate. 
And so, yeah. and I've noticed even like my own journey and you see youth leaders or like leaders in around you, they, they would, they would leap out in faith to do this stuff, but nothing would happen. And so it was, it's a, it's a story that annoyed me. So anyway, post deconstruction and you know, part of my story, I leave and I come back and I was in Sydney. This is probably the peak of peak atheism, Matt. And I hadn't really engaged in anything spiritual for a while. I was just, you know, going through life. Um, I had some question marks from some of my experiences, but prayer was certainly just not on the agenda. It's like, you know, I don't want to talk to myself. Um, maybe there's a universal God out there, but yeah, certainly unknowable. Um, and a friend sent me this message on Telegram. He's like, hey, I listened to this and um, I think you might get something out of it. I did. And it was this um, Oprah podcast. And mm-hmm. this guy, uh, sorry, uh, Larry Dossi, he was interviewed by Oprah about prayer. And his story is really interesting. So he was, you know, he, I think, you know, raised in the Bible Belt, very gifted musician. And he, uh, like from a young age, they asked him to tour around of these gospel bands. And so he was this, this young kid that was really gifted pian- pianist. And so he was super exposed to this fundamentalist Bible Belt part, you know, the buckle of the Bible Belt um, that he, he would say. And he'd going around. So he went to uni eventually, but at uni, he's studying electrical engineering and um, later then went on to medicine, but then started to deconstruct himself and became an agnostic. So mm-hmm. in his practice, he's, you know, full board certified internist, medical doctor. He starts to, you know, really, uh, you know, I guess he embraces some form of elements of Eastern mysticism, I guess, going through, you know, college in that time period, you'd imagine the seventies or, you know, in that time of, you know, spiritual awakening in America in that way. Um, the boomers were getting all like super independent about their thinking about spirituality. And mm-hmm. he, yeah, so he was trying to, I guess, syncretize some of that into his practice. But for him, he was just a full-blown agnostic. And he just stumbled upon this really interesting study. Um, and so he, it was this study on prayer, which I'm going to go explain, which is a really fascinating study. And so he's like, well, I should maybe do this myself. But hadn't prayed in a long time and confused as to what exactly to do. So he just like lights all this incense in his office and he's got some prayer shaker things. <laughs> he's just doing that in his office and he's trying to send positive thoughts or prayers towards his patients. And then all of a sudden it's like, boom, 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 boom. And then inside busts in like the fire inspector. He's like, let off the fire. Oh, and like the fire inspector's like, coming. He's like, whoa. He's like, what are you doing in here? And he's just like, oh, burning, uh, incense <laughs> and he's hippie, just, okay yeah he's just like there's no fire it's just me burning incense and praying and like i guess that was a time he explained in his life where he um this is the first time and this is what he says in his book the power of prayer he was he just had to try and articulate what he was even doing like it was for him you know that that point of like how you as a medical doctor explain this mystical mm. like you know this mystical practice that he was doing and how does it even make sense and he just figured at that point as he was trying to explain it to the, I, I found a really interesting part of the book, how he just didn't have words, right? It was just like, you know, as a doctor, you could say, it's beyond medication. like logic, medical yes. studies. It's just like, oh, I'm praying for this. I know that I can't find any data, you know, but I just do this anyway. And it doesn't, in that world, it's probably pretty, you, you get ridiculed, I guess, because you're just exactly. like, how about you just listen yeah. to the data, mate, and give that guy some oxy. Exactly. And so he discusses this a lot in his book is that, um, because he got, you know, 
long story short, he gets super into prayer, right? And then he thinks it's super effective. Okay. And but he says so many doctors come up to him and they actually are underground because of the backlash that you get. Like the if people perceive that you're anti-drug or that you're positive towards prayer, that's pseudoscience. And so people just are really underground about this. Um, there's another book I want to do for the show, which I'll go deeper into this this idea and and doctors stories that people have interviewed that are like spiritual but a lot of them will go underground because they don't for fear of that the materials come backlashing at them although they don't want to be seen as that you know woo woo doctor they just won't talk about it publicly but anyway so what was the study for him that just led him on this journey to be lighting his lighting his um you know his office up with incense and shaking things which for him felt stupid but he was just He's just like, I want to help my patients. So in uh, 1988, it was a study, and this is out of the University of Southern California, um, and by a guy called Dr. Randolph Bird, I think. And so it was 393 uh, patients. And so to for this study to work, you had to be admitted to the heart unit. So you had to come to the hospital with either a heart attack or you were in such level of chest pain, so severe, that you needed to be admitted. So not the Matt Potts presenting um, with, you know, as I'm like it's having like a panic attack and I can rock up in the hospital and they're like, dude, go home. Um, these guys <laughs> are like, <laughs> these guys are like, no, 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 there's something serious going on here. And so um, they were admitted, right? So it's double blind. So neither the doctors nor the patients nor nurses knew anyone was getting prayed for. So there was placebo group and there was the actual people getting prayed for group. So the first names were then given out to a group of prayer people into the San Francisco area. So this is also at a really quite a prestigious hospital in San Francisco. Like it's a teaching hospital. Um, and the names, the, just the first names of these people were given out to the San Francisco Bay area to people that would pray for them. No requirement on the type of prayer, no like stipulation on religious you know, background. You just had to pray for this person. That's all. You know, and that's all, and that's all I knew. So 10 months later, this study went on for 10 months doing this. And this is super interesting, Conrad. So 10 months later, this is the findings. The pray for group had, it's like, it was almost like they've had a miracle drug given to them. This is the pray for group. Again, this is double blind, placebo controlled. Fewer people died. So not, so not all of them were saved. That's, that's an interesting point, but few of them died. None of them ended up on the ventilator. 12 in the non-prayful group did though. So that's potentially statistically significant. I think pretty statistically significant, actually. There was few drugs needed um, in this. And um, it was like a, if he was saying in his, in his book, The Power of Prayer, if this was a pharmaceutical, this would have been heralded, heralded, heralded as a incredible breakthrough drug. This would have been front page news. But because it's prayer and because it's this weird thing we don't know what to do with, it just sort of, it's swept under the carpet or it's difficult to repeat or it's, it's just, it's just one of those weird things that we just go, well, that's strange. And uh, well, what do we do with that? I don't know. And or they'll try and repeat it in another way and it doesn't repeat as well. And so it's just interesting. So this is the study that really, it got him excited. This is what got him shaking things in his office and sending up incense. He's, and he was just coming from the perspective of like, if there is some way I can help my patient outcomes, I should do it. Mm. I'm going to follow, follow the science. And do yeah, it. he yeah. actually had a really interesting analogy in his brain of just like, 
when he went to the Wailing Wall and the petitions that were at the Wailing Wall in Jerusalem. And just the original scientists had that same thing of like, let's just follow the data wherever it leads. And then during the Age of Enlightenment, that led them to severe persecution outside of church. You know, it really cost them in that time period. And for him going down this path, he knew the cost would be high as well because there's such a backlash of this materialistic scientific perspective against this sort of stuff. But he's just like, screw it. I'm going to do it anyway. You've got to have a explainable mechanistic understanding or, or at least a theory as to why this might be the case. And I suppose to dig into, maybe you know a bit about the study, I want to unpack some of it a little bit. Some people might be thinking, okay, like um, this study could have, you know, like if, if, if you're praying for somebody and it might have better outcomes, you know, some materialist, you know, if you're trying to look for the explanation, they might be thinking, well, you've got family that love you. You've, that means you've got support. So there's all these other variable factors. But it sounds like you were saying this was literally like the only action was a random person. No one knew anyone being prayed for. And they were just saying, uh, dear Jesus, please help. It wasn't even dear Jesus. Trevor. There was oh, it no, wasn't even a specific as, as God. There was specifically no technique was given. It was just okay. a group of people that would pray. So that would have been cross religions. Christian, cross, non-Christian, Hindu, yes. Buddhist, Hindu, Buddhist, Muslim. Really? Muslim. Yes. Cross section of religions. I, I think Can so. Can we isolate was, that and find which one's the best? Yeah, we're just like we need to do a study. It was, and we're like, damn it, it was the <laughs> <Yeah>. Mormons. <laughs> Yeah, that's good data. I'd pay for that study. I'm like, all right, here we go. Give me my magic underpants. Um, and so, yeah, it was. It's an interesting study, hey, particularly because you could understand huh. in the context of placebo. You could understand it even if the yeah, if yeah, the yeah. doctors knew they would have yeah. a better outcome, or the family knew. I, I don't know, like, but it's an interesting yeah. study. And the guy, yeah. it's pretty out there study. Ten months, and this is not. This is like. This is not like the journal of like Eastern mysticism. This is a science, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a reputable yeah. university so, that studied it. Do you know if this has been replicated? No. Since? No, I'm just, I'm taking you through the book and his way of how he ended up lighting incense okay. in his office. So I just wanted and to stay true study. to that. Um, yes. and, as to why he's lighting up incense in his office and why he's excited okay. by it. And so he, do, he yeah. does some further digging. I think you'll find this interesting. And this is, I think, a series of studies, but the Christian science... I don't know a huge amount about Christian science, but there are a quirky bunch of Christians that uh, started running some experiments on prayer as well. And um, what they wanted to run experiments on would be like non-conscious, well, at least what we understand, non-conscious things. So like fungi, um, you know, cells, things like that. Because like, obviously they're immune to the placebo effect. Like a, a, a bacteria doesn't know it's getting prayed for, right? Or a seed or something, <laughs> right? <laughs> so... And they, in the Christian sciences, they, 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 they wanted to work out what was the most effective form of prayer. So you've got your direct prayer. So this is the first group. It was the directed prayer, which is like, seed, I want you to be better. You know, that's just like in Jesus name, seed, right? Like get up and walk, speak <laughs> you to me. Rise you know? from that dirt. Rise like from nothing's the... holding you back. Become a flower in Jesus name. Like that's the type of prayer. <laughs> and okay. That was the directed. And then there was a non-directed prayer where okay. you would just have positive thoughts and intentions towards this, this thing, this, you know, this thing and to, and what would happen. Mm. In your so, head? Yes. It could be anything. It could just be like, you don't even have to visualize it. It's just like you're sending a positive intention to it for nothing in particular or sort of outcome. Vibrations. Outcome. 
vibrations. And mm. so interestingly, both methods worked in their studies. I mean, like you need to go deeper into in there. And I'm just, you need to get his book. It's a great book. So yeah. just, if you want to get deeper okay. into this stuff, um, both methods worked, but the non-directed method was two to four times better than the directed okay. method. The non-directed? The non-directed where would... you would not even have a specific thing. You'd just be like, um, nice positive thoughts towards seed, seed or one guy. <laughs> yeah, like I don't know what is. I don't quite understand it, but that's sort of it. Like you it's don't not think specific. It was two to four times better. Oh, mate, a Bible verse is popping into my head right now. You know the one, yeah. Matt? Tell me. You know no, I don't. One? What is it? You know, oh, I can't quote it exactly. I'm a general gist of the Bible kind of guy. But it's the <laughs> one where... <laughs> yeah. Liberal Conrad. Like, Do you even read the Bible? Come on. <laughs> I skimmed it. <laughs> just Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. What's the rest? Just padding. Um, it's... It's that one where it's like, you know, you don't want to be showy with your prayers. You know, the story where he's like, see that, that guy just shouting at the, at the wailing wall you were just mentioning. He's like, oh, thank, thank, dear God, thanks. I'm not like that person. And then a little, oh, little woman yeah, walks yeah, up yeah, and yeah, it's yeah. like giving that offering. It's like, you know, that's the lesson that we were always told. It's like, don't, you don't be showy. Maybe that was a literal lesson in how to make your prayers more uh, effective. Yeah, that was don't be showy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. That's a, if, if I was a youth <laughs> pastor, I'd probably say to you, Conrad, that's a good thought, Conrad. What does the rest of the group think? <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's a damn um, good thought. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know. I, yeah, so the non-direct thing is really, I guess, non-specific to the outcome and then direct is like specific and there was no difference. But in terms of both worked, but the non-specific, and this is important for his next point, the non-specific version worked better. And so he references this, and I think this is really cool. This is from Master, Master um, Urquhart, who's this 13th century dude. And he's like, has this funny quote. He's just like, people use God like a cow. You know, they only want him for cheese or milk. There's this request and these petitions that we send towards God. And that's just how we see him. We're just like, he's this request mill of like, we get into a state of fear or we get into a state of strife. And we're just like Peter in the ocean sinking. And we're like, Jesus, save me. You know, that is just, this is how Master, this is part of our condition. Is just like, we just want the cheese and the milk. God's this cow and he's going to pump out prayer answers. But he mm. says, and this, and I, this was a really amazing part of the book where he's like, you know, there's this actual way that we need to totally rethink this whole thing around prayer. And okay. it actually gets really sort of Conrad friendly. And... <laughs> Um, and it's just this point of like being comfortable in the mystery and the non-outcome of it all and not understanding it all or not trying to even tie bows in it. It's just standing in the mystery. And he says, there's this powerful, like Joseph Campbell, this, this whole just, he says this most powerful archetypal story he believes for Westerners, um, is in the grail legend, um, you know, in the King Arthur stuff and right. the story, right. Arthur and his knights are at the table. They're all about to feast. And Arthur or someone's just like, they're not going to let the, the, you know, the festivities begin until some, you know, majestic adventure begins. You know, that's his declaration. And so all of a sudden in the table, this grail appears out of nowhere and it's covered. This grail is, it's draped. And then boom, the grail disappears. So one of the night proposes, I'm going to go on a quest to go get the Holy Grail, you know, this Grail to appear, you know, that's just disappeared. I'm going to go find it. Um, and they discuss it as, it as all as a group. 
and they all agree to go alone. And um, and so they all all agree that it's it's the it's an adventure, a quest that they all should do on their own. And this is the kicker, Conrad. They all have to go into the forest, but to enter the forest has to be the point where it's the most darkest, where there is no path, no light, no guide, where no one has ever been before. This is where the mystery will be the greatest. And Master Urquhart believes that, uh, sorry, Joseph Campbell believes that this is such a powerful archetype for our current day because we are the generation of just once the outcome we're uncomfortable with the mystery. We're uncomfortable with things not being tied in a neat bow or science can't explain it or whatever. And we, as we would see as the hero archetype, you would see as the, the person that Luke Skywalker finds Obi-Wan Kenobi, who is his guide. And there's a, some form of path for him to become his archetypal. You know, he, he goes back on that hero's journey to become his full self and returns home. Whereas the actual secret to it all is actually to go towards less lit up, where there's no guide and to enter into the darkness, the mystery and surrender to that, which I think is a really, so he loops this back to prayer, obviously. And he's just like, this is how we should all approach prayer. And I remember when I was listening to this guy, when I'd gone through everything and I was just like, oh man, like, <sighs> yeah, like I'd, I'd been in so many meetings and so many trigger times where people were trying to put meaning to it. Like, I remember like you praying for people, you know, more in the Adventist version of the prayer would be like, if it's your will, God, heal this person. Expectation set yeah, lower. It's just, you're, you're coming it. in just saying, you're coming in with some form of like, you know, program Hedging or some form of, you know, like, you know, you know, uh, you know, you'd say formula that you would take uh -huh. to someone. And he's mm -hmm. like, it's all bullshit. We have to, with this stuff, we're never going to get our heads around this stuff. This stuff is so hard. And it's going to maybe, it could be decades, it could be years and years of scientific study before we even start to get our head around, some, head around some of these studies. And we have to embrace the mystery of that. And the fact that we don't understand it means that we shouldn't do it, but we shouldn't just try and all tie it in a neat bow. And, and I remember when I deconstructed and you started reading like new age stuff and like new age people currently die from this. This is where these ideas go bad, Conrad, around prayers because they're just like, well, I've got cancer, so I'm gonna do I'm gonna do this cleanse, and I just need to attract and manifest healing in my life. Manifest no so, cancer. Yeah, and I am the master of my own destiny, and mm. I and I need to just will this stuff into existence. And if mm. if it's all thoughts or energy and cancer's energy, where well, I'm just gonna eliminate the cancer with my thought energy. And he just smashes that. Sense. He's like, this is ego driven. This law, you know, this like this law of attraction when it gets really bad is this where it's just like you're the center of it all, you're egotistical, where the oh, soul creators are at. This. Yeah, he smashes it. Oh, this is this is a very interesting um I'm I thought you wouldn't see he, this coming, Conrad. I thought you would I, yeah. I didn't see because because that I, I mean, you know, as I hear this, you know, you think, yeah, okay, this is interesting, but that's where it goes bad. So I'm, I'm very curious to hear him go into this because, yeah, because that's how he could is likely to be misused, right? Exactly how you've said. Yeah, he walks this balance really well, talking to certain shamans that in his book, a shaman was really sick and came to him and he was a bit funny because he's like, this is a famous shaman that's a really powerful healer. And, um, and he's like, uh, so uh, why are you here? He's just like, he's like, oh, I've got a sore neck when I speak. 
Um, I've been doing a lot of speaking recently and I got a sore neck and um, I, I need something to help with the pain. So he's like, uh, you know, I'm a doctor and I'm going to prescribe you medication for this. Are you okay with that? And the shaman sort of gave him a puzzled look. And he's like, that's why I'm here. And he's just saying that as an example of a story of like how it's not either or like, you know, both work. Mm. We should never neglect. You've got an appendicitis. You should get your appendix out. Like, you know, it all works synergistically together. And he's saying, if you've got cancer, there's chemotherapy, you know. And I think this is one, someone that's actually put this story together. And I think when I was listening to this, on when he was talking to Oprah originally, it was like I'd grown up with, I'd heard so many messages around prayer. I'd like grown up in that from like, you know, programmed of like, just ask God and it will happen. You know, God's your best friend and he cares. And you'd have friends that have depression and they're like, God, I pray for my depression and go away and nothing freaking happened. And you'd be like, does God care? You know, like this is, this is the rest you had. So you, I felt like I just abandoned this stuff. But then coming back, I felt like he had sort of picked up something, but didn't have any of the baggage, sort of this religious baggage and he could just see through it. And then he has, he just has a really interesting way of saying, this is actually a really beautiful and constructive thing. You know, it doesn't matter. He's really massive on, there's no certain type he's actually non-directed's best just thinking and feeling positive thoughts towards someone we should all be doing that there's enough and there's plenty and this will be probably part two of a podcast i'll go into his latest book but there's plenty of experiments looking at all of this some really crazy experiments and you know he's thinking is that if prayer works at a distance we're not the soul creator. So the new age might come in and say, I'm the soul creator of my, you know, I just attract in the non-cancer to be there and I'm, mm. I'm going to be fine. Which may be where people would, some some people could take some of the elements of the story I did on near-death experiences and what that woman's perspective was. But he's like, but perhaps we're all connected to this. This all stems, like, if we're not all the center of it all, we're not all soul creators and we're all mutually in this together, then maybe that's why prayer does work. It's because we're all connected and we have thoughts can act at a distance. And um, he has some really cool little, as we finish up, but some really funny stories in there. And uh, when we do part two, there's some really crazy stories where he goes much deeper into all of this, but tells the story of a Hugh Brady. He was ill, um, really sick. Um, and I took him over a hundred miles. It was like a winter stormy night. And um in the middle of the night, it's just like this tap on the window, tap on the window, tap on the window. They're like, what the heck's that? And it's this pigeon that was there, like a pigeon. And, they, and the nurse allowed it in and he's just like, oh, wow. And this pigeon just wanted to be with you. And um, they're just like, oh, that's amazing. The story, people go, oh, he's a homing pigeon. So, you know, they know how to, the thing is this pigeon had never been to that hospital, never even flown in that area, wasn't even a homing pigeon, but it's still over a hundred miles in a winter storm had found Hugh. And the story he was saying um, basically brings home the point is that, you know, in, in ways that we don't understand, we're probably connected to nature in ways that we don't understand, like we're connected to one another and empathy has power to transcend, you know, transcend at, and, and impact things at a distance um, that thoughts can impact things at a distance that we've done enough studies. I don't know, Conrad, if you've heard of much of the random number generator stuff, have you heard? Anything regarding that? Have I brought that up with you? One oh, of our arguments? Some, yes. Yeah, something's ringing a bell. I think I've... Uh, something in there. I've listened to some podcasts on something like that. Yeah. So basically, um, you know, basically they, they, they have a random enough 
random number generators that are pumping out zeros and ones and they can basically determine this is 50% ones, 50% zeros. And then they have trained meditators that look at these zeros and ones and they can impact to a statistical significance the ones and the zeros coming out in different orders. Like it's a statistical impact on on this. And they've been doing it for years of actually putting these all around the planet. And weirdly during September 11, Boxing Day tsunami, they spike in weird things. The data spikes in weird, strange ways. It's almost like as a universal, our thought powers are all focusing on one event. It causes strange spikes in, in these number outputs. And so... Yeah, and it, towards the end of the book as well, he looks even just at like how doctors themselves, like you know, how many skeptical doctors are out there? Like they're just these negative, like you know, like a lot of them just, you know, the only thing that's work is, is in science. They don't even want to, they don't even want to consider prayer. And he, and he goes in, and this is where he's talking about. So many of them come up to him after he does a lecture, and they're like, "I love what you just say. I practice myself, but I can't do this because one, you know, if I'm seen as this, we won't get funded for a pharmaceutical study. That's where we get all our money from." Blah, blah, blah. So there's this money train connected to it, which is, you know, a whole other podcast in itself, which, you know, I guess stops this thing coming. And um, i sorry, it, that stops this progression of thought of like, if there's some science here, why don't we explore it? But there's this, all this backlash, which we know why there is, right? This has been abused so many times. So many people have come to their doctor and says, no, I'm just going to get prayed for. And they end up dying. Um, my sister mm. works in a hospital. She tells me stories like this all the time. Like of people that just think they're smarter than the medical system or they think that they're, whether it's Christian or other type of belief system is better than science. So I can understand why it happens. Mm. At the same time, there's this tension, this mystery of something that's happening out there that we can't quite mm. understand. And um, yeah, it's a, it's a great book. And I thought where he landed, kind of, I don't know, it'd be interesting to hear what you're, what's going through your mind, but as I was doing this, I'm like, it'd be interesting how Conrad finds the end of this. Cause I think you would like really resonate with some of it, like particularly in the mystery mm. and the, but anyway, I'll let you talk. Mm. He's well, as I, as I kind of grasp everything you're talking about and he's, he's writing about in the book, you, it, as I hear you unpack this, it seems to be, we've had prayer, especially you and I Christian backgrounds. We've, we, we've had prayer in a certain let's say a theological box, a certain brand, like you said, a certain methodology. And this guy comes along and he, and he, he straddles these fences of like academia, materialism, but also has these roots and, and, and sympathetic towards this mystical kind of unexplainable things that I think everybody at their core, you know, you know, you can't explain everything. We have this, I feel like we all have this like desire. We have this draw to the unknown and we don't always want to ignore the unknown. Sometimes we want to fill it with theories or theologies. And I think what he's done with prayer is bring it back, but in a different category, a different box. Like the way I hear you explaining his ideas about prayer, it, it almost, the word prayer almost doesn't quite describe it because Prayer as I grew up with it is this personal, specific, you know, measurable, like, okay, I'm going to pray for your healing and this God is personal and all these things. And then like you were saying, people who might go through cancer go, I'm just going to go do the prayer thing and then they end up dying. And that's like, you know, I've seen it happen personally, like enough to be like, this is concern a concerning trend. But then if this prayer box that that we have to kind of hold in a different way is this weird 
like current that affects the collective. It's like mm. it will have statistical significance, but you can't hold it like we hold it with our theologies. You can't put a formula around it and say, this will heal you, Matt. So it's, mm. it's this interesting thing. He's not selling it as a pill that's going to work for like everybody, but then he's also saying this should be a part of the system because when we engage in that or if we engage in a prayer practice or include it in our medicine, outcomes are better statistically. So I, mm. I don't know. It's like it, it's placed in that box of you can't explain it. It is this mystery type of thing. And if you're trying to follow the data, if that data does suggest that, you know, there are better outcomes, I, like, I can't put it in a, in a theological box. And it's interesting that he doesn't either. And it's really interesting that even though we're joking about, you know, which God's the best, he's like the nondescript one. The one mm. that, you know, you know, Jesus, Krishna, like, doesn't matter. You just, you just nondescript positively do what, I guess, at the core, some people would say prayer is, which is like just wishing, wishing well for people and praying. Now, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, what's happened to my speakers? No, that is the very calculated fade out that I've edited in there. This conversation does continue over for our Plus subscriber members. So if you would like to hear the rest of that conversation, see a, get a bunch of bonus content each week, Q&As with Matt and I, connect with us on a, on a private Facebook group, then head over to ideasdigest.org and become a Plus subscriber. Plus subscriber, or I think I'm going with super friends of the show. Become a super friend, support us and help keep the podcast going. You can also, if you you know don't want to subscribe, but you're enjoying it anyway, you can buy us a coffee, head over, just give us a donation, whatever. Throw coins at us, we'll we'll take them. And if you can't do that for whatever reason, it's totally fine. Just head over to iTunes or Spotify, wherever. Give us a five star rating because that that also helps. So if you if you enjoyed this at all, there's a few different ways you can support your favorite show. That's us. I'm just trying to get that into your mind. There, favorite show, Artist Digest. Oh, that's right. If it isn't. I hope it will be soon. So thanks for listening to another episode and I'll catch you all in the next one.